At this point, you should be on the frame with a film strip title that says Oral Hygiene. What? Don't record it, you bastard. I guess I'm <laughs> editing this part of it. <laughs> no, I'm not editing that. I probably will. Leave all this in. This is great. <clears throat> <laughs> you see, me and my homies like to play this game. Some call it Amtrak. Some call it Our Hygiene, the podcast where we look at educational films, experimental caught films, and off-kilter documentaries. I'm not quite sure. I, Andrew won't talk to I say Andrew's here. This is Matt. Hi, Andrew's here. <laughs> I have, no, I wouldn't have spoken anyway because I'm laughing at that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I have all those lyrics memorized. I would not have to look at the train company a little bit. But yeah, today it's, it's time to get into the, uh, the two live crew, getting a little too live. Um, we're right at the age where I guess they're an important part of her childhood. <laughs> uh, I mean, it's, it's, uh, I don't know. I, I, I think it's, uh, I think it's history. I think it's music history. No, no, no. It's fun. Um, yeah. And, and I should put out specifically that today we're looking at the 1990, um, according to YouTube, out of print video band in the USA put out right you know kind of encapsulating their their most controversial period can you flesh that one out in a four or five sentence rant yeah um well they're they're uh i think it was 1990 album as nasty as they want to be or was it 91 i, I think it's eight, 89 for nasty 89. and 90 for band right because i i um i was in seventh grade when i heard it so that would have been 89 Two Live Crew was a, a rap group that was known for its sexually explicit lyrics. And um, as early as like, I want to say 87, um, people get in trouble for selling it to kids <laughs> in record stores. And eventually um, in Florida, it was illegal to sell the album as nasty as they want to be. And it grew into this whole huge thing where they ended up being on obscenity charges. And uh, the result was... Uh, Obviously, they were protected both their freedom of speech, but not before being arrested at their own concert after singing the songs. And um, it ended up, they made a record called Band in the USA, which was, uh, they were given permission by Bruce Springsteen, right? Yeah. To use after, the, after getting uh, sued by Roy, Roy Orbison, of course, but... Yeah. <laughs> and Van Halen. But, uh, yeah, it ended up giving them, like, a whole lot of, like, publicity, as it turned out. And... Um, yeah, but the result was they became these poster people for the First Amendment. But um, you know, it's you know, when I was like in what fourth, fifth grade, it was this is exactly what elementary school kids are totally into. You know, I mean, not yeah. not the yeah. the acts because they they don't know what they're actually talking about. It's just you 
hear the words bandied about and you're pretty excited about that so well, yeah i mean it's a novelty it's a party record you know but I, I forgot about it for um you know i forgot about them for years and i think it was maybe five years ago we had a company trip so it's okinawa my company at least used to give us nice trips and uh after the company party so it's myself and two other foreign co-workers the guy from thailand has passed out because he drank too much and uh, the other guy he's like 10 years younger than me and he's a british fella and he um brings out the iphones hey, you gotta check this out I, I don't think anyone really knows about it. he starts showing me like two live crew videos i'm like yeah i fuck with the crew man <laughs> but uh, long, long time ago. when i was a kid a, a legal kid well, I was a legal kid. I was fucking with the crew. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> um, but you know, hearing a few years ago, like, I, I think when we were growing up, you know, we played in bands and stuff. So if it wasn't like live instrumentation. We, I think we tended to scoff at it a little bit sometimes. Uh, but uh, listening, well, me maybe more than you, but um, <laughs> hearing it again and kind of listening and, you know, I just got the greatest hits or whatever so i want to listen to some of this stuff again and i i, I really did start to like appreciate the production like way more you know because it's oh, okay uh, yeah I, I i mean the miami bass stuff was where it kind of grew out of and that was pretty much the first southern rap i want to say came out of uh yeah it came out of florida yeah so um i was actually i mean the the, the lyrics have always aged exactly like how they're going to age right i mean <laughs> <laughs> i mean you, you're you're either going to do it or you're not but yeah listening to production on some of these i was like hey this, this is actually like pretty good production and pretty innovative production um i think the um the the brassiness of the guitar the obvious guitar samples maybe oh yeah can make people think oh this is kind of crap but other than that and and now you know 30 years later it's like funny if they're throwing in a van halen riff right so oh yeah yeah oh that's right they were sued by van halen uh they were sued by um uh, george, george lucas for george cause, lucas yeah because luther campbell also known as luke and you know dr luke and all the other things yeah he was originally called luke skywalker with two wives and uh, the record company was Skywalker Records. He was doing that for years. And then suddenly when everybody else was jumping on him, I think was when, it, when they all they all jumped. I think it was the parental advisory sticker, also known as the Tipper Gore sticker, was new at the time. I think Band in the USA was the first album to get it. I can't be sure. But I, was, I think that might have been their first one. I feel like this was just a you know somebody who was an easy target and they were just like no we mean business with this sticker i know it's nasty got it but it might have been like later in like later pressings or something i'm, I'm not quite sure i, I seem to remember like yeah band in the usa being the first uh like album in history to get it but that may have been just when it was new yeah, and yeah before yeah. that they were just weird unofficial you know and that was the first official like recording industry i mean sticker. you get 70s george carlin albums and they put it on there now right so obviously when it oh, first yeah. came out it wasn't there yeah and there were warnings guy i even had like a megadeth album with a warning but it wasn't the official sticker the sticker we all know with the black and the white you know but um watching this video um i'm wondering if the same thing that really stood out for me stood out for you as much what, what stood out to you about this video i guess i should say i think it was like them it was seeing uh seeing people supporting them and then 
it was just like time traveling because I remember seeing all these videos. MTV was like all over it. You saw the old crackers talking about obscenity. It was all through every music magazine. So it was really kind of like a time capsule. But in terms of the movie itself, the parts that I think stuck out for me the most was the band becoming these like spokespeople and these political figures and having to like answer all these questions that you're just like, no one who made a violent movie ever had to answer, you know? And so at one point they were talking about, and yes, there was misogyny and homophobia in uh, their music, but there was no like talk about murder. And at one point I, f- I forget if it was, um, if it was uh, Luke Campbell or uh, it might've been um, one of the other members saying something about like, you know, there's metal bands. It, it was Marquise. Marquise was saying there was like metal bands, like Cannibal Corpse and things like that. And he's like, why are they not the ones, you know, getting arrested and stuff? Yeah, um, that 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 wasn't quite what I was thinking, but that did also stand out just how well-spoken they actually come across here. Yeah. Uh, I mean, obviously, Luke was their, their spokesperson, so he gets them to say the most to the camera. But, um, yeah. you know, he's doesn't seem any more angry than is justified so (laughs) i know oh trust me i mean it it was a trip seeing it all but i think yeah in terms of what i took away from it i was just going like man no one has to answer these questions now yeah so that actually did quite stand out to me too but the the thing that really stuck stuck out to me is that like Fresh Kid Ice always looked like the happiest motherfucker on the stage. Like every oh, second, no. every second, he's just like, I can't believe I'm getting away with this, even though he's kind of not getting away with it, too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Christopher Wong or Christopher Wong. I can't remember what his last name was. He passed in uh, 2017. Right. But uh, Fresh Kid Ice, I think, was always my favorite MC in the group because you had him and you had um, what was... Uh, what did I just say? Mar- Marquise, brother Marquise. Yeah. And then the was, Mr. Um, Mix is the producer. Ross. More, yeah. Mr. Mix. Yeah. was the, I didn't know if he was a producer, but he's definitely well, a he's a DJ. DJ. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, Christopher Wong is the only member of it that has, that has passed away. And I remember liking his style the most. I have to admit, I did not think Luther Campbell or Marquise were the best rappers, but I thought Fresh Kid Eyes had some really good stuff. No, but just just seeing him again on you know 1990 and just like just it's uh you know it's the bullshit grin that the uh Sarge tells you to get off your face. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Well, so, when you think about it, it must have been fun to be in Two Life Crew. You yeah. know, to just get up there and say this stuff. I mean, as an entertainer, I mean you're that's a good job. If you're not getting arrested or having people sue you, pretty good job. Yeah. I mean, I, I put the, down the note. Oh, shit. I just said fuck shop on stage. Said his smirk, you know? I mean, you could call any sex store a fuck shop if you want, you know, probably like a brothel too. <laughs> uh, see, and, and if I looked at the track listings for, I mean, even like the Move Something album, which I think came before um, as nasty as they want to be. I loved that one. Uh, Two Live Crew is what we are. May have been the first one I heard. I mean, I yeah, had older. Yeah, that's the first one. Okay, I had older cousins that liked this stuff, and so when Two Live Crew came out, it was all about them. Listen to this shit. <laughs> <You know? laughs> and then I would copy it and I'd play it for my friends. Um, and you, you and I, I'm sure had to have heard, listened to it. 
Yeah, I'm pretty sure I, I didn't actually have a copy in the house because uh, I don't want to be caught with it, man. <laughs> well, there were kids at school selling bootlegs of it, you know, because the idea of having contraband, you know what I mean, in the form of music uh, was exciting. I remember because I remember I also had all the Andrew Dice Clay tapes as well. And he was a similarly vilified figure, but never had to answer in court, I don't think. Uh, yeah. for his entertainment I, I do remember the first music i actually bought well it was probably a weird al yankovic but the first one i actually went as a uh you know not a not a dumb kid although now you can call me a dumb kid for doing this was was buying the use your illusions on the day they came out <laughs> that oh was yeah my, that was my first personal purchase a week after that i think was blood sugar sex magic which oh that's still a good album of course but <laughs> losing god i don't want to go down that rabbit hole but what a bummer those were you had to make yourself like it because of the amount of money you spend but it did not sound like their old music no no <laughs> but uh yeah I, uh, and my first cds i remember were uh it was electric ladyland whatever the santana album was at the time i think milagro and uh something else but anyway yeah two live crew i uh as a as a elementary school student i guess it was it was banned from my house too or i just didn't have the the guts to drag that one in there so i don't even think i had taped up of that i just have to come to your place and hear it uh my my parents didn't as long as we weren't bringing you know cocaine in the house or guns i think they didn't care what music we were listening to my dad actually bought me um uh some of the albums he would just you know to go to the counter buy it and then hand it to me in front of the clerk to show that he was buying it you know what i mean like he was it was fun for him to do that he actually took me to see andrew dice clay at the fox like we went together were you the youngest person there um i don't know maybe probably a baby or two yeah as well say there might have been baby you know good way to get your formative uh learn some yeah. language <laughs> yeah but that was my the first stand-up comedy i ever went to see i thought i was the I thought it was a jam until I went to school and everyone was like, he's not cool. He's disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> it is it is a children's act if you think about it. It's, yeah. it's not for clubs. <laughs> I mean, this is a this does cover a pretty major First Amendment turmoil. I mean, still if you were to study First Amendment stuff, this is gonna pop up around the yeah. year nineteen ninety. Um so there are like probably better made documentaries about the situation by far where we put yeah, on the, um, by the movie itself it's not a great documentary it really is just clip 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 you know right it's there for the for the vintage you know and if you yeah. do end up or you as in people listening do end up watching this one um you might even want to go for one of the more recent uh better made ones because it's just yeah i think uh how I, I was watching on headphones and like half the movies coming through like one headphone and it's got you know you know adjust tracking moments and all of that sort of stuff so for yeah, for, for this podcast is the perfect one to look at but if you really are like sure. interested in this uh in the tale of the two live crew there's there might be better places to go the videos yeah, are, it's, are great though yeah it seemed hastily put together and when it's padded out with so many of their music videos i mean it's uh it really isn't a documentary i don't think i would call it but still um they put the music in context and i think for that it, it's a good watch and i weirdly yeah i weirdly enjoyed it because um i just 
did watch Standing in the Shadows of Motown as well, right? Which, um, you know, the, those performances are like, what, 80,000 times, <laughs> you know, oh, yeah. above this. But at the same time, I was kind of like waiting for that, for you know, where they have the mo more modern singers and usually pretty good, but I'm waiting for the end. I want to hear more about the documentary stuff. Or this one, I was just like, oh, I guess we're going to watch the two live crew have people twerking on them for a few minutes that's that's cool <laughs> yeah at one point i think in the documentary you hear and it's probably luke again going like we're just talking about the kind of sex people have at home like regular people and you see this woman on stage one of their dancers would you know this was uh it was never this rap videos were never the same after two live crew had its um but you see this woman's amazing outfit and just doing these great acrobatics with her butt on stage and you're going man not in my house i mean not that, that i would mind but luke i think i think you're speaking from a position of privilege here. <laughs> I, I assume you've seen um apex twins window liquor video I have yeah that's that's sort of the uh the the only possible end goal for these kinds of videos <laughs> yeah that's a freaky you watch them yeah, enough, we're going to get to window liquor eventually. Yeah. I think it's worth mentioning, too. There was, there was, there was no one dirtier, I don't think, than Two Life Crew of its time. But since then, uh, there's been way, way dirtier. Um, I, I happen to think that the Kesha's, uh, or not Kesha, Kia's My Neck, My Back is probably the dirtiest rap song to this day I've ever heard. <laughs> um, it's just so upfront with its lyrics. Um, but also, you know, uh, Cardi B and Megan The Stallion big big huge song WAP and it's a uh, you know like two live crew has a clean version that could be played on the radio but it's just mutilated I mean <laughs> I don't know why um it seemed like they were editing the me out of me so horny which doesn't seem like the word you'd be editing I don't know but you were the biggest L if you had um the the, the clean version of any rap album at that period of time of course, now it's quite hysterical, but. <laughs> yeah, I remember my little brother, I would not let him copy or listen to my copy of Straight Outta Compton. And so, or no, no, it was the Easy Does It. And so um, he went into a, some pharmacy store. Um, we were in New York, we weren't at home. And uh, he bought it and he came outside and I'm like, you did not just buy that in the store. He's like, yeah, I did. I just used my money to buy it. Puts it in the car <laughs> stereo. <laughs> yeah, we were waiting for um, our family to get done shopping or something. So he puts it in and it's the edited. And we're all like, ah! <laughs> Clown him. And he's like, I'm going to take it back in the store and get my money back. <laughs> I'll tell you the reason it took me so long to get into the uh, Dr. Dre's The Chronic, which is... You know how the album starts, right? It kind of starts, the intro track just kind of splurts right in, right? So yes, we had a sir. class trip to New York City, and I actually bought it a, a bootleg copy off the streets of Harlem, which is, like, awesome. But, you know, I put the cassette in, and it's just, oh, my God, it's all screwed up. Oh. <laughs> I was like, this is this is this bootleg version. So, I mean, it was, like, two bucks, right? It didn't even matter. Oh. But, uh, yeah, I, I, I didn't listen to it for years because I thought I had a bum bootleg copy. You didn't know that was the way it was supposed to sound? Yeah. <laughs> Interesting. I didn't ever know that. Yeah, it's a great so, record. Well, if I had it on a CD, I would have, you know, figured it out, I guess. Um, <laughs> <laughs> there's a, well, uh, yeah, they like to, the, 
the circa 1990 glitches are such pissers i i don't i don't love the band dream theater that hard but i i, I not too long as it's curious i listened to their first album or their first big album or whatever and the first track goes on for eight minutes and then just like stops it sounds like a digital glitch like your cd just skipped and then it goes to the next song so what the hell but it turns out that's actually what it's supposed to do weird i would have considered that an authoring issue I mean, the Beatles did that on the end of the first side of Abbey Road, where that song just stops. But I think they actually did run out of tape in that case. <laughs> and it's like, screw it. That's the end of the song. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, there you are. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So um, we also have, of course, have all the the old white people in, in this video. So we should we should test the uh, strongest. This is a good time to test the uh, strongest sentiment put forth that if if you were to read these lyrics over the phone then the other person would oh, hang up let's do the experiment up <laughs> here we go there's only one way to have a good time fuck that pussy and make it mine lay the bitch on the bed flat on her back hold her legs high make the pussy splack you can put her in the buck by sitting on a sink wrap her legs round you now take this dick now put her in the buck. Are you still there? <laughs> kind of. The buck. That's a great. <laughs> and they cut to Marquise in the Miso Horny video with the phone that looks like lips up to you know. Oh, it's got the, that, got the button the falling off. Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. my favorite part though. The button falling off of the phone. <laughs> it's like you could shoot I mean, it it's... one more time. <laughs> well, I don't know. I mean, it's everybody knows what it is when they're looking at it, and he's. You know, oh, it was so great. That movie, that, that video, rather, it was on a lot. No, I remember it. I, I like, I think I put in my notes. I, it's been bugging me for 30 years that that button falls off the phone. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. But yeah, no, it was, uh, you know, I, I think Luke's response is still like holds up. Is this really the biggest problem we have in America? You know, with all the other things going on, why am I a concern? He said that then, and I still think it now. Uh, when there's so many things people get up in arms about compared to, you know, all the problems that need to be solved. Exactly. Something like this is living the American dream, right? Two live crew should be role models for, for those bootstrap Republicans, you know? I guess so, right? <laughs> no, they, they kind of pick and choose, don't they? <laughs> Mitch, Mitch McConnell talking about the uh, <laughs> about the inspiring story of the two life crew. That's the world I want to live in. <laughs> yeah, and then he somehow manages to, you know, carry his lube in his neck in one of those <laughs> pouches. I do like that. Was it? We're sexual guy. Sexual guys got to do a sexual version of songs. <laughs> sexual chocolate. <laughs> That's what I thought too. <laughs> Randy Watts. <laughs> I don't even know why I wrote sexual erection is the best kind. <laughs> I mean, trying to think of what the alternative to that would be. Yeah. <laughs> but um, so I guess the the climax, pun intended, of this movie would be <laughs> the um, would be the um the the well, steakhouse gig which i was that news at the time i guess it probably I, was <laughs> i don't i don't know i don't seem to remember that 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 and the thing was just like okay i missed this somehow 
Yeah, but uh, yeah, it was like a place like that. Probably they can't have had good steak there. <laughs> no, I don't think that was their thing they were known for. That's just probably, a guess. Probably that charred, rubbery craps what they give you. Look like that kind of place. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No. Although Hooters wings surprisingly excellent. Well, I. I I said this, I think maybe talking on the uh, Sci-Fi Sanctuary, Luke, uh, where, or Mark, I don't remember, I was talking to somebody recently on a podcast where apparently the best chicken wings, like if you go to the top 10 chicken wings in Atlanta, like eight of them are strip clubs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Weird so, why that is. I don't know. Well, you got to get something, get them in the door. Um, why are these so moist? <laughs> <laughs> um, I guess my only other real big thought watching this is how long was that dude's arm broken? <laughs> oh, right. You see him in the cast like in every video. Yeah, like 80% of the footage he's in that cast. So yeah, I don't know. That may have just been around the time of, or maybe it wasn't broken at all. It was a cell. Maybe it's a mystery. Maybe it died with Christopher Wong. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I was like, is that actually just like a shtick or did he actually break his arm? I remember it too. I don't remember him without it. <laughs> <laughs> that was really odd. I mean, I never the, it. the album covers, he doesn't have it. So no. maybe just when they're at their height of popularity, he had a broke ass arm. <laughs> or maybe he, he, he wore it to be like, hey, I broke my arm, man. Don't put the cuffs on me. Oh, that, that would. Yeah, that's a, That's an awesome one. So <laughs> <laughs> anyway, it's, it's funny talking about uh, all the censorship in Japan where you can buy tentacle porn right out of the magazine rack of the 7-Eleven, though, they right. all, though they'll blur out anything that has hair. So, <laughs> yeah, you, you got to blur. Then you, you got to no problem. You got to blur all that stuff out. So, OK, I guess Japan does have censorship. <laughs> what do they do with the hairy tentacles? Anybody? Hairy. T- that's out. That's that's. That's beyond Lovecraftian, isn't it? Okay. I don't know. <laughs> Harry Kluthu. <laughs> hair with hair. <laughs> that's disturbing, isn't it? That's gonna that's gonna be in your nightmares tonight. Harry Kluthu. Thanks a lot. Had <laughs> to quit saying it first of all. <laughs> the worst sportscaster in history. <laughs> It's like, so, Harry, what do you think about that play? <laughs> That's probably how it works. Um, exactly how it works. <laughs> I don't know. Tell them where you're at. Okay. Well, first of all, thanks for having me on the show. Thanks, listeners. Thanks, supporters. My name is Andrew. You can visit my friends and I on the web at www.gonzorific.com. Buy some of the weird movies that we've made. Um, I have only been ever a band once because of them. Uh, the trailer for the erotic couch, uh, in 2009 got me kicked off of Facebook for, uh, about a week. They call that jail. The cool people are like, I'm in jail. I'm a- oh, Facebook jail. Yeah. Is Facebook prison when you get banned forever? I, I doing suppose, hard time. I don't know some- what it would take, but I don't think it would take much. Doing hard FaceTime. That, that's probably yeah. a different situation, actually. <laughs> that was one of the bonus tracks on Nasty as they wanted me. Yeah. Uh, this is Oral Hygiene Pod. It is on Twitter. It's on Facebook. It hasn't been banned yet. So maybe <laughs> this one will do it. I don't know. Um, uh, I make my own music. And, and I did an album, with, again, after that Okinawa trip. And 
I, I made some music a little more electronic and uh i've it had been out for a year and i, I put it on and i'm like I, I just straight up made a two live crew beat on this track uh the, the nixon body track listen to that <laughs> yeah no it was perfect i mean no wonder we danced to it and made that video yeah and uh for musicians uh, apparently the the secret to the crew is to run your um, metronome at 135 it's the fastest that you can still dance to this is the theory if you go faster than that you can't really dance it's not danceable anymore i feel like i've learned something i didn't anticipate that but there we are yeah <laughs> okay <laughs> well we're, we're gonna make this two live podcast go off the air we're banning ourselves in the <laughs> usa and japan Did you advance the film strip? Are you on the final page? Well done. 